Hi, and welcome to the Pause Podcast, where we are hoping to carve out a little bit of space in your day for you to get quiet and take care of your soul. This is Mari, and I'm going to be running the show today. We are on day nine of our 15-day study in the book of James, and we are looking at James 3 again. So today we're going to be zooming in on verses 13 through 18, and I'm going to read those verses out loud. Um, today I'm reading from the message version, and we'll explain a little bit later why why I chose that. So I'll just um, start reading for now, though. Uh, James three thirteen. Do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everybody ends up at each other's throats. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. Mm. So, yeah, you may have noticed that I read from the message. Typically, I'm an ESV girl, but sometimes if I find myself reading a verse and it starts to just kind of blur into nonsense, I think that happens to me sometimes because mm. I grew up in the church. Yeah. Some of these these verses are just like background noise from my childhood. Mm. Um, so if I find myself skimming verses, I try to switch over to a different translation, like the message or King James or something. Um, I mean, you can explain the difference, I guess. The message is like a paraphrased, it's a paraphrased. translation. Yes. So from, it's not word for word. No. It's from a pastor, Eugene Peterson, created it. Um, it's one of my favorites. But he actually created, um, I, I read his memoir, it's called The Pastor, but he created the message for his church body. Oh, cool. Understand scripture a little bit better. So yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, translation to use. Okay. So for these verses, as it was something about, um, I guess it was probably the modern language, but all I could think when I was reading them was these verses are about social media. Like, obviously mm. they're not, but it yes. felt like James wrote these verses to our generation specifically to give us instruction in the realm of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm. That's good. Especially, I was thinking about the specific circles of social media that you and I tend to run in, mm-hmm. Lindsay. Yeah. Um, we both move in a lot of spiritual spirituality, you know, writers, mindfulness circles, but also I think because of your work yep. with students yep. in my life, life as a mom, <laughs> my actual offspring, we both move in a lot of parenting circles too. Um, and these are circles with notoriously long captions. Yes. Insta blogs. Yes. If you will. Yep. It's a whole it's a whole thing. And if we're being honest for purely marketing purposes, there's a benefit to having, I guess what you would call a reputation for wisdom in sort mm. of the mommy blogging, yes. the mommy Instagram world. Yep. You know, the retweets, the quotableness, the shareability, they all increase if you're considered wise. Yes. So from a content creator standpoint, 
but also as a content consumer, this was all just incredibly mm. convicting for me. Yes. So as a content creator, someone who writes and has a publicly facing persona, it definitely made me stop and consider what I share and why. I like to think that I'm authentic in what I write and I try to keep it real um, yeah. and you know, authentic in why I share it, but nobody's perfect. And as a consumer, I really just felt so much caution here that I hadn't really, I hadn't really, I think, broken it down and thought about it in this way. Yeah. It made me think about how I want to pause. Um, I want to make sure that I pause and consider my source, um, my example, my definition of wisdom, especially when it comes to social media. Yeah. So I was thinking, um, so I read the ESV version yeah, um, and of this verse, and I kept coming back, and kind of to the definition of wisdom, I kept coming back to the first verse in the ESV version, and it says, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom, mm. and that phrase, the meekness of wisdom, um, and the Greek word here for meekness means gentleness of spirit. Mm. mildness of disposition. Um, so he's described, James is describing a gentle wisdom, a quiet wisdom. Um, and I think I've always uh, misunderstood gentleness, I yeah. think, to mean personality or outward demeanor. <laughs> and I always felt like I was dealt a hard card here. I'm <laughs> like, God, I want to be gentle, but you literally didn't make me this way. <laughs> I want to be meek and mild, but I think I'm really fiery. <laughs> yeah. Um, and opinionated. Yeah. And that comes out in my social media to like, connect to that but I think meekness of wisdom like I can get on board with that I think there's a gentleness of spirit not of demeanor oh if that makes that's sense. interesting yeah yeah um and so by my good conduct which is how the verse starts um let me show my works through this gentle and kind and trusting wisdom one that doesn't rush in or think of myself above others or use my social media platform to like promote myself. If that yeah. makes sense? No, that um, makes total sense. And then we've talked so much about source, but like may this wisdom like be my source. Mm. Um, and so, and may this like my works, fruit, labor, or what I do come from like a peace within. Yeah. So this like disposition within. Yeah. So anyway, that's when I like that phrase, the meekness of wisdom, like what does that mean? Um, and it's like this quiet, quiet wisdom uh, and, then, and then pulling from the source above. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. And there's a lot to dig in there yeah. and unpack because how do we translate um, gentleness or yes. uh, quiet, like you said, not necessarily demeanor. Right. But spirit, how does that translate to, you know, the words that we're typing or the... Yes. the um, the wisdom that we're trying to convey through a screen. It's a new, it's a new yeah. world for that kind of thing. Yeah. And I want to make sure I do it right, but it is, it's, it's complex. Yeah. And then there's that phrase that's out there, like an influencer. Yes. Like people want to be Ooh. an influencer yeah. on social media and it's people who just pump content all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, is there a way to influence with meekness? Oh. Are those two things? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good question. I think something to wrestle with. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've, I've been wrestling with mm. that since I read this first, like, yeah. what do I consider to be wisdom? Mm -hmm. Who do I consider to be wisdom? 
who do I follow? Who do I take notes from? Yes. Who do I consider to be, you know, hashtag goals? Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, I could see parallels in other spheres of influence, to use that word, um, like politics or church leadership. Who do I allow myself to be influenced by, if only subconsciously, because we know that's happening all the time with social media, by my consumption Mm. of their content? Ooh, yeah. And it's just, it's so pervasive that it's difficult to zoom out and examine it. Um, But James gives us some really clear guidelines here. Mm. So I want to talk about what you know, wisdom is not. Okay, yeah, that's good. You sort of started to touch on what wisdom is. So first he points out, what we all need to be reminded of constantly. One of the great challenges probably of our generation. In verse 13, he says, it's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. Mm. And this is one of those really simple truths that should go without saying, but we're constantly forgetting it. Yes. We we have access to very heavily curated content yes. from other people's lives that we've never met. For the mm. first time mm. in the history of the world, we're connected to everyone, but not really connected to anyone. That's good. So if you're wondering if someone is wise or if what they're offering is true wisdom, their social media is not really an accurate and complete representation no. of their life. That's good. So you need to try yes. and look deeper, look for their fruit. So then in verse 14, he says, mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Mm-hmm. Boasting that you're wise isn't wisdom. Trusting, twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. James's comments on what wisdom is not seem to fall into two categories here, I think. So first he's talking about selfish ambition. Yes. So it made me think about, and I've done some work on like the the backside of marketing and social media and stuff. Um, There's a strategy in social media, I'm sure you've heard of this, Mm -hmm. to use what's called pain points in Mm -hmm. order to reach people. It's like, it it feels kind of slimy sometimes um, to almost manipulate where people feel vulnerable and use it to grab their attention and their trust. So we've all seen this done. It's been done to us before. And sometimes it's really wonderful. I've experienced it as I've shared about my experience with miscarriage. There have been people Mm -hmm. that have reached out to me and we've created this really beautiful vulnerable community. We've been able to share resources with each other. We've been able to help each other grieve. Mm, It's been a really positive process. Um, And that often happens. It gathers support communities like that, distributes resources, brings healing. But there's a point I've seen Mm. where it crosses the line and it becomes an exploitation of people's pain and utilizes this common experience for the simple sake of exposure. Wow. And I think that that would be the definition of selfish ambition. Yes, absolutely. Exploitation um, for the sake of exposure. Yeah. That's a really deep sentence. (laughs) And it's it's troubling because I think we see it beyond social media. I see it in the political realm. Mm -hmm. We see, um, you know, any type of catastrophe there is in the world. We mm-hmm. see politicians rush to the site of a tragedy, yeah, and make sure that the news cameras are rolling before see them there. They, yeah, yeah. Um, I good. find myself asking if this is a means of helping victims or is it a simple photo op? Mm. It's it it feels cringy. Yeah, and I think it happens in church culture um, mm. when corrupt leaders gather people around a common enemy or a mm. common fear and use people's fear or vulnerability yeah. to 
to up their numbers or yeah. to 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 gain support for an idea that they have. It's yeah. it's it's I keep saying troubling, but well, yeah, no, I think that's that's true though. Um so I think pursuit of excellence is wonderful, biblical, commendable, all those things. But when I think of the great leaders and the wise people in my life, mm. they rise by helping others. Mm. Amen. I think that in our our like this hashtag goals culture, it's easy to forget that success does not actually necessarily mean that someone is wise. Just because they have a great platform That's or a good. great following, right. that doesn't e- even mean that they have wisdom. There's plenty of unwise ways to get ahead by stepping on, excluding, or using other people. Yes. This goes for social media. This goes for politicians. It goes for church leaders, these realms of influence we've talked about. Yes. Success is not necessarily synonymous with abundance or blessing or wisdom from above. Like they talk yes. about wisdom above, above and wisdom, wisdom below. below. Yes. Um, you, no. So I don't, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, it feels troubling and I want to sit in what it's not. Yeah. That's and good. I hope we can work together towards like, what is it then? Like, what yeah. should we be looking for? But I want to hit on the other category yes, that James. Yes, this is good. Yes, yeah, good. So the other category that James sort of touches on is envy, yes. in comparison. Yeah, that's um, big. So I'm not like so and so. They do this, but I don't. That's not really wisdom. Mm-mm. Using and using comparison or using um, envy, that whole seesaw effect. That's not actually wisdom. Um, so I mean, I feel like an obvious and sort of funny example is like. Um, most girls versus me. You know, you've seen those memes mm-hmm. where it's like most girls when they go out of the house and it'll show like, yep. um, but me, this whatever, what I, yeah, yeah. this comparison thing. Um, or in like the church world, when churches criticize other churches from the yes. pulpit, that's always so cringy to me. Or it, when yep. poli- all the games that the politicians are constantly playing, um, Democrat versus Republican, putting one down to elevate themselves. And I just... I feel like what James is getting at and what rings true for me is simply you should be able to share what's true without bringing anyone else into it. Mm-hmm. Truth just stands on its own. You don't have to put someone else down yes. to be able to just share what what is truth. Yes. Um, so how do we know? That's the yes. question That's at the, the end of the yes. day. How do we keep from being duped or joining a cult, giving our time and our money to learn from imposters? How do we keep ourselves in check and cultivate wisdom in our own lives. So like the simple unattainable answer from James is like, oh, it just begins with the holy life. Just start with that. Just do that. (laughs) Once you take care of that. But I think it's important to remember that this doesn't mean, it doesn't just mean like be more holy. Mm -hmm. I think it means, remember you have access to the Holy Spirit, your source. It all comes back to source again, your identity. Um, so he says it begins with a holy life, and then he says it's characterized by getting along with others, yes. which I thought was crucial. Yes. This ancient art of getting along with others, mm. treating people with dignity and honor, um, probably arguably the greatest damage that social media has done to humans is created such an anonymity and reductionist nature yeah. yes. that it, it pretty much set pe- sets people up for the opposite of treating each other and getting along well with others. I had to give up Facebook during the last election because I saw people Mm. just treating each other so hatefully, getting so 
unnecessarily yeah, nasty. Yes. Yeah. Not just a disagreeing, but right. going right. beyond disagreement to just tear each other down in a way you never would face to face. Yes. This boldness yes. that people feel in behind a screen is just, mm. it's really dangerous yeah. and scary. Yeah. So I think the summary of it all, James sums it up well. He says, am I trying to look better than others or get the best of others? That's how, like, I think that's mm. the question we can keep yes. asking ourselves. Like, am I, am I pursuing wisdom? Am I doing these things? Are the people that I'm following and emulating, are they trying to look better than others or get the best of others? Yes. If they are, then that's not wisdom. Yes. I shouldn't follow them. That's how we choose wise leaders. And as we go, mm. as we grow wiser, as we continue to hold our lives up to these questions, I hope, I'm hoping mm. that I can and that we all can feel free to respectfully remove our support from those who don't live well and wisely yes. and humbly. Um, and I, I guess at the end of the day, it's just asking the Holy Spirit to help us navigate that, especially in those murky waters yeah. of social media. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Whew. I know. It's like social media is sometimes, unfortunately, our life. <laughs> Yeah, and it feels a little silly to address it, but at the same time, it feels crucial. Crucial. Yes, it feels crucial. Especially for, I mean, for all of us, I'm not pointing out this group of people, but for teenagers, it's like their Yeah, you work a lot with teenagers. It's actually their social sphere. Like, it's like their relationships exist here. So it's not just like a thing they do for fun. It is actually their relational, um, where they get their relationships. Yeah. So it's very crucial. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some discussion questions. Who is someone that you count as wise? Not in real life. Can you tell if they line up with James's checklist? Yeah, so my first thought is Beth Moore. Oh, Beth. Um, I mean, I don't know her, but... Um, but you count her as I wise. I count her as wise. Um, and particularly, I was thinking about her social media account. Mm-hmm. I follow her on Twitter. And um, I forgot she, you're a Twitter girl. I love Twitter. I love to tweet. It might be my favorite social media app. Um, but I love that. Um, so I love the things she posts. She's always reading scripture and posts scripture. Um, she never like exalts her own name or mm-hmm. reposts things or retweets things about herself, which is nice. Um, but I also love that she says hard things, which I admire mm-hmm. about her. Um, and she is characterized by getting along with others, but always like finds herself in tension, if that makes sense. Um, but when she finds herself in tension, I always feel like, um, she chooses kindness and compassion and chooses to get along with others, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So that's the first person I thought of, um, when I thought of like, who's wise and not in real life, Mm -hmm. like probably good old Beth. And who has that, um... Like you were talking about a gentleness of spirit, yes. but not necessarily of demeanor. Right. That like if someone's attacked, she's been attacked brutally yes. on social media yes. many, many times. Yes. And her response from what I've seen, and I'm not on Twitter the way you are, but yeah. from what I've seen has been consistently yes. gentle and gentle. meek. Yes. And kind. Yeah. Yes. So there's was, fruit there. Yeah. yeah. And it's because her source is from above. Yeah. You know. Wisdom from above, not below. Good answer. Yeah. All right. Question two. What does it mean in this day and age to be, quote unquote, peace loving? How Mm. do we commit to peace, to honoring and dignifying others while still being committed to truth? 
And what I, I think what I mean by that is Christians especially mm-hmm. seem to love to use um, speaking truth in love, that phrase, as permission to cross that line into disrespect or dishonor on social media. Like, well, I'm just speaking the truth in love. Yeah. How are, how can we be committed to truth, but also peace loving? Um, yeah, I think, um, I guess that's kind of what we're talking about with Beth. Yeah. The first thing that came to mind, um, I listened to an Andy Stanley sermon series. It was probably last year and it's very convicting to me, but I remember one phrase he said is that Jesus is all truth and all grace. Um, and he's like, some of you grew up in households that were truth and some of you grew in household grew up in households that were grace yeah but jesus is equally truth equally grace and i always thought he's kind of like half and half yeah um but he's like fullness of both and i don't know why that was like okay like that made sense to me at that time um because i think i gravitate more t- towards truth as i think truth is important um and being a truth teller is important um but also i think every person there has to be grace in there um so i think and then also, like, I wrestle a lot with peace. Um, so <laughs> type nines on the Enneagram to go to them. They are peacemakers, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful. Um, but for me, I will pretty much always sacrifice harmony and peace to pursue justice. And sometimes I'm frustrated by people that don't do that because I think that's important. Well, isn't that the whole Martin Luther King Jr. quote that peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. Yes. But there's tension there. There's tension there. Um, And so I've learned how to um, kind of exist alongside or how peacemakers um, are really valuable Mm. um, and how my fight for justice is like a, a way for peace, you know, and, um, and they're actually like seeking peace in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. What do you think? I think that's a great answer. I think it's a it's the question of our yeah. generation. So I didn't yes. expect a really yeah. quick answer from yeah. you. I was just some initial thoughts. Just musing. Yeah. Something to muse about. Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to lead us in a a time of, of meditation. Let's do it. Um, so we're gonna move to the mindfulness portion. Um, we've mentioned this before, but Silence, solitude, and stillness are harder and harder to stumble upon these days, um, especially when it comes to social media and access there. And um, so I think it's really important for us to intentionally carve out the time and then to commit to it. Um, The neuroscience behind mindfulness is fascinating. And what's more is that it's essential to spiritual growth. Um, So if you're able right now to sit down, um, to close your eyes for the next few minutes, I invite you to go ahead and do that. If you're driving or running or vacuuming or cooking dinner, that's totally fine. Um, Just be as intentional as you can. So let's take a few deep breaths. And as we're doing so, let's make sure we delight and give thanks for the opportunity to connect freely with the source of every good and perfect gift. We have a good father who promises that if we want wisdom, all we have to do is ask. Let's just sit in the freedom of that for a few breaths.
Sometimes it feels like there is something holding us back from asking for these free gifts. Often it is our own shame talking louder than our freedom. Let's take a minute and confess the false versions of wisdom we have embraced in our own lives and in the people we look to as examples. God, we're so grateful you freely forgive us when we miss the mark, especially on something as important as wisdom. We pray you'd give us the discernment to see the difference. James gives us a few words to describe true wisdom. As I read them out loud from the ESV version, Let's take a minute to visualize how things could change if we asked for and embraced these qualities. Wisdom is meek. It's not a weakness or being timid, but it's a trust in God and his promises. Wisdom is holiness. It's being set apart, being different. It's harmony, loving and honoring others. Wisdom is pure. It's without stain or blemish. It is sacred, clean. Wisdom is peaceable. It produces a harvest of righteousness. Wisdom is gentle. It is kind and compassionate. Wisdom is open to reason. It is humble, accommodating, compromising, considerate. Wisdom is overflowing with mercy and blessings. It is full, abundant. Wisdom is impartial. It's fair, just, empathetic. Wisdom is sincere. It's honest, strong. Wisdom is the mark of a healthy and robust community, a community committed to a purpose. Let's take a few more breaths in confidence that God gives wisdom to whoever would ask and is always in the process of making us more like him. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com, where you can also find links to our social media, along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.